Next on BYUSN, what's the toughest game left on the schedule, Notre Dame or Arkansas? And I'm so amped for BYU-Notre Dame that I'm already in Las Vegas. But this isn't technically the only BYU show in town with football over at Allegiant. Are you referring to Dunn or Marie? I don't know what you're talking about. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Wednesday, October 5th. Great to have you. I'm Jerem Jordan. He is Spencer Linton, live from Sin City. You're down there early, bro. Spencer Linton from Vegas. We'll get to him in just West a moment. West Coast Conference basketball is underway. Yes, it is. Media and, uh, days for the women gosh, and the men. I can't believe it. Like, we're like 30 days away from basketball. I feel like football just started, Jaron, but here we are discussing WCC basketball. I'm going to do like 70 interviews over the next two days. So, uh, yeah, we're going to be busy before football hits town in Vegas. Yeah, it's going to be fun, and you'll see that content throughout the season here on BYU TV and our games in the final year in the West Coast Conference. By the way, the Final Four of the NIT is going to be in New Orleans, so do we want BYU to play there twice this year? <laughs> I, I can't tell. Obviously, no. the NCAA tournament is no, the goal. No. That is the goal. Hey, huge show today, Jaron. We're not talking about the NIT just yet. We'll save that for another day, but we <laughs> will be discussing Caleb Hayes and the BYU secondary, specifically as the Cougars prepare for Notre Dame. How does Caleb feel about BYU being a three-point Census number one overall rated NBA prospect Head basketball coach Mark Pope reaches a low point in his board game career and Deep Blue with former BYU football star turned actor Langi Tui Fua. But first, today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Number 16, BYU takes on Notre Dame in Allegiant Stadium in three days from now. Associate head coach Ed Lamb, who has a mustache now, said the Cougars need to get after it. I think that we need to, um, we need to call the game more aggressively and I think that we need to play the game more loose. And I think those things work hand in hand. I, you know, I'm not, it's not from a fan perspective. I don't think aggression is always throwing it deep. Sometimes it's running it between the tackles when the opponent knows you're going to. And same on defense. It's not always a blitzing. That is aggression, yes. Just like throwing it deep is on offense. But sometimes aggression or confidence, showing confidence in the players and encouraging them to play loose is just saying, we're going to play base defense. We're going to shut these guys down base defense. Hey, Jeremy, I love a mustached Ed Lamb. I feel like he's all business when he's got that mustache going. Also business in the NFL to discuss, Tyler Algier set to fill a bigger role for the Atlanta Falcons as the starting running back because the Falcons' original starter, Cordell Patterson, has been placed on the injured reserve, which means he's out for at least four weeks. It's the Tyler Algier show on the ATL. Plus, Kyrus Tonga, how about this? He's headed to the Minnesota Vikings. They signed him from the Falcons practice squad as of yesterday. Good luck to Kyrus. We could have some Kyrus trying to tackle Jamal Williams, the NFL's leader in rushing touchdowns. That could be fun. Women's soccer hosts San Francisco in the West Coast Conference home opener tonight, 9 Eastern time on BYU TV and the BYU Radio app. Cougars tied St. Mary's nil-nil in a compelling and rich game Saturday. Dons are coming off of two 4-0 losses consecutively to Santa Clara and Gonzaga. BYU men's cross country still ranked number one yeah. in all the land in this week's coaches poll. The women holding steady at number five. Eric Mika had 14 points on 4 of 4 shooting, 6 of 7 from the free throw line. He also guarded uh, 7 foot 3 number one projected pick Victor Wembanyama last night, who put up 37 points on 7 threes with 5 blocks 
In the G League, Eric Mika is still trying to get back into the NBA. He's on perhaps the best team uh, in the G League Ignite. Victor Wenbanyama made seven of 11 threes, and he's 7-3. Crazy. That is insane. BYU men's volleyball freshman Trent Moser and Team USA beat Mexico in the opening match of pool play at the U21 Pan American Volleyball Cup. Trent and the U.S. team will face the Dominican Republic today. They're in Cuba. How cool is that for freshman Trent Moser? He's hanging out playing volleyball in Cuba. And men's tennis news, Jack Barnett and Wally Thane were eliminated from the ITA All-American Championships yesterday after three close matches. First singles appearance for Barnett in seven months after an injury. BYU returns to the court Friday and Saturday at the UC Santa Barbara Classic. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. What's Trending is presented by Bodyguards, protection for a life worth living. Learn more at bodyguards.com. The Cougars embark Spencer on a pivotal point of the schedule where P5 games meet expectation and hope with Notre Dame this week in Vegas, of course. Not sure if you heard. And Arkansas at home in the afternoon next week. Spencer, tougher game, Notre Dame or Arkansas? Uh, very interesting question because, naturally, we look at the SEC in Arkansas and think, okay, man, we've seen what the Razorbacks can do. They've been a top-10 team at one point this season, but they're coming to Provo. And then Notre Dame was the team that also started very high in the rankings, number five when they were taken on Ohio State back in the shoe to open the season. Now the Irish aren't receiving a vote but they're coming off their best performance of the season to get to 2-2, two and two, scoring 45 points against a beleaguered North Carolina defense. Um, situationally, Jerem, we've got to be aware, right? Obedience. One of these games is on the road, per se. I know it's a neutral site. I know that it's not technically a road game for BYU, but it kind of feels like that as part of the Shamrock series, especially when Notre Dame owns 80% of the tickets. So, for me, there is a clear answer to this. Just because BYU has been so good at home over the last three calendar years, it is, to me, clearly, Notre Dame is the tougher game because of BYU's environment that they're going to have to play in. And keep in mind, the one game BYU lost this year, they were an underdog going into Autzen Stadium. The second game of the year where BYU is an underdog, Three to four point dog against Notre Dame this Saturday in Las Vegas. The Cougars, I mean, it just it comes down to strictly to venue and, and scenario. Jerem, like BYU is 18 and one, 18 and one over the last three calendar years at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Mm. So to me, that alone sets apart Notre Dame from Arkansas is where this game is played and when it will be played. Um, giving the edge to the tougher game being against the Fighting Irish. How about that? Now, again, we, we've talked so much about, oh, night games at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Opponents have no oh. chance. Fra- frankly, a game at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, period, with this core crew of BYU athletes and this staff, there's no chance. Boise State last year, and it took three fumbles and, what, minus five in the turnover margin? Was it minus four or minus five? Minus four. Regardless, yeah, minus four. It took minus four in the turnover margin in Provo for BYU to lose a game, or they'd be 19-0 and 0 over the last three calendar years at home. So, for me, I'm looking at the Lavelle Edwards Stadium magic, helping out with the Cougars taking on Arkansas, and frankly, win or lose against Notre Dame, 
the juice will be there because if BYU beats Notre Dame, they're going to go back to Provo, and the idea of a special season gets a significant shot in the arm. And so the fans will be electric. Everything will be off the charts hype. It's going to be amazing. Even if BYU loses, however, against Notre Dame, then the desperation factor comes in. It's like, okay, we have got to hunker down, and the fans need to show out. And any chance at a 10-win regular season feels like comes down to now BYU has to beat Arkansas to make that happen and salvage, quote-unquote, the idea of a great or special season. So, again, win or lose against Notre Dame, the, the Arkansas game is going to be hype, and the Razorbacks are going to walk into a little bit of a hornet's nest in Provo. So I'm leaning Notre Dame for the reasons I just stated. I believe it's Notre Dame as well. I believe uh, they're a better team. And metrics would back this up as well. If you look at a lot of these, Notre Dame is actually higher up than BYU and even Arkansas. So FEI, Notre Dame's 14 there. Uh, Arkansas, 26. BYU, 42, by the way. SP+, Plus, Notre Dame, 30. Uh, Massey, 27, FPI, 18, K4, 19, what? F plus 20. The composite of those, Notre Dame is at 21. Arkansas, 32, by the way, BYU, 41. So the metrics don't love BYU. BYU right now on the field, good in so, and gr to great in some areas, but overall the metrics do not like the Cougars. What BYU can do the next two weeks is validate that it is indeed a top 20 program, which we felt like it is this whole year. Obviously didn't show up in Eugene, but showed up against Baylor at home. Now you have some showcase games. And I believe for all the reasons you mentioned, plus the metrics there, that Notre Dame is going to be the tougher game. Obviously BYU at home, like you mentioned, is hard to beat right now unless they turn it over four times. If BYU doesn't turn it right. over four times, they've got a great shot to win. And by the way, Arkansas might come in as a 500 team. They're playing at Mississippi State this week, who's ranked, and they have lost two in a row to quality competition, of course, and uh, Texas A&M, which, well, A&M's good, but they're not as good as we thought. And then, of course, Alabama. Arkansas should have won that game. Arkansas should have won that game. The game before, by the way, Missouri State, who's a top-five FCS team, had a lead in the fourth quarter against Arkansas, so certainly the Razorbacks are vulnerable. So is Notre Dame, though. They woke up for 45, as you mentioned, against UNC. But offensively, they have struggled, bro. Points per play, 82nd in the country. Yeah. Like, they, they are not an explosive offense right now. They are not taking the ball away. Um, but can BYU stop the run? Can BYU stop the run? Because if they don't, Spence, BYU is staring at being 4-3 and three very easily. But if BYU can win this week and next week, they are in the New Year's, com New Year's Six conversation, even though they're not going to make a New Year's Six Bowl, in my opinion. I think there's another loss or two out there, probably in the next two weeks. But the opportunity is there, and this is what you ask for for BYU as an independent, is in this year with this quarterback, Jaron Hall, that you have a chance to make a splash. And they really do Saturday and the next Saturday, which is awesome. Yeah, as much as we want to talk about Jaron Hall, and there's plenty of reason to discuss how good he has been with the BYU offense, specifically in the running game. And we put a lot of attention on BYU's lack of uh, ability to run the ball over the last few games. I, I get those are all prominent things. This game is about defense to me, Jerem. And I think when we go back to which is a tougher opponent, Notre Dame or Arkansas, Notre Dame's defense is just better than Arkansas. Notre Dame surrendered 21 points to an unbelievably talented Ohio State offense in the shoe to open the season. So even though Notre Dame lost that game, it was 10-7 around halftime, and 
Ohio State scored 21 points on their home field against Notre Dame. Then Notre Dame loses to Marshall, and you think, just a, a gut punch of a pick six late in the game. So the Irish surrendered all of 19 points against Marshall. Then they give up only 17 to Cal. And while they gave, gave up 32 to North Carolina, they scored 45. Like, what, North Carolina's got a really wide-open offense? Like, Rick it's, it's good. really not that bad of a performance. Exactly. They got, North Carolina's got a great quarterback. But Jared Hall's better. So, agreed. So can, but North Carolina's got more of a run game than BYU does. So I, I, I don't know. Like, it's kind of a wild card. It's, it's so intriguing. It's what I love about the buildup here is because we're just not really sure. Arkansas, I feel, is just better, and that also adds to the idea that, yeah, the Irish is a tougher game for BYU. Um, man, I, I feel like the three-point line is, is fair. Uh, we could spend all day talking about how many different little nuances go into, like, how you come up with that line. <laughs> We've got our hour show. But, I mean, one-to-one, Notre Dame's defense to me, has shown more than Arkansas's defense. And, again, going back to the location of Arkansas having to come to Pro Bowl after playing Texas A&M, Alabama, and at Mississippi State, that is a tough road to go through for the Razorbacks. And they may just limp into Pro Bowl. Also advantageous to a BYU team that's been so good on their home field in Pro Bowl. All three teams are talented but flawed. It's interesting because before the season we said, hey, Notre Dame's the best team on the schedule. They are not. Oregon's the best team on the schedule at the moment. We'll see how the season plays out. We're approaching midway point uh, here after Saturday. And then Arkansas is a team that, as we've chronicled, in the top ten as well, uh, really flew up there, but they're getting beat up by their own schedule as well. The hope is BYU doesn't get beat up by its own schedule either here because, oh, by the way, at Liberty, three games from now. That is a tough game as, as Liberty is pretty sneaky, right? Had the play of the, uh, play of the year maybe over the weekend. By one of their wideouts. But oh, this catch. is a pivotal point. BYU's 4 yeah. and 1, 16th. We're feeling good, Spence. BYU could easily be 500 in three games, but they could also easily be in the nearest six conversation should they win the next three. So yes. I think the season will be defined by how BYU does in this next set of two and three. And honestly, we've talked about it. Let's get a split here in the next two weeks. I don't care how it happens. I don't, I don't care if BYU beats Notre Dame but loses at home to Arkansas or vice versa. Just get a split in those big four, come out of that. Uh, stretch five and two, and now you now you got uh, the end of the season there with five games to take care of business. Hopefully, hopefully BYU doesn't lose more than one in that sequence. Win a bowl game, you got ten wins. You got ten wins. Yeah, you and I pointed to uh, this key stretch as the key to BYU getting to three and two against the five Power Five opponents. You have to get a split here. BYU has to beat. Much more coming up from Spencer Linton and the homies in Vegas uh, in a bit. Our question of the day, which is the toughest game left on the schedule, Notre Dame or Arkansas? Let's hear from you and Voice of the Nation. We start with David Lundberg on Twitter. Notre Dame has a better and deeper roster of players, agreed, but Arkansas has an offensive style that is tougher matchup for us, very similar to Oregon's. Yes, the run game will be tough. K.J. Jefferson is one of the best quarterbacks in the country. That dude is big. That dude is big, too. I'll, I'll get the exact stats, but I want to say – that dude's like 6'3", 240. Like, he is a, a massive dude to bring down. Braden Pack on Instagram. I would say Arkansas for the toughness of the opponent, but Notre Dame for the hype of the game and the atmosphere in Las Vegas. 
These are two, six, three, 243. So, hey, how about that? He gained three pounds uh, in the last minute. Braden Packin makes a great point there. Arkansas is very talented. Remember, this is, this is what do we think? Like the sixth or seventh best SEC team? They're a very good team. Going to be in Provo. By the way, just the second SEC team ever to come to Lavelle Edwards Stadium. That's pretty awesome. Let's go. Join BYU Sports Nation game day coming up Saturday, 5.30 Eastern, right here from Studio B and Vegas, where Spencer Linton will be on the sidelines at Allegiant Stadium. Everything you need to know with the guys, Saturday, 5.30 Eastern, BYU Sports Nation game day. Coming up, Spencer's one-on-one with cornerback Caleb Hayes. What he says BYU needs to adjust defensively to be ready for the Fighting Irish. This is BYU Sports Nation from Provo and Vegas. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Bodyguards, protection for a life worth living. When you think of BYU. We are live in Las Vegas and from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with Jerem Jordan. Earlier this week, I spoke with BYU cornerback Caleb Hayes. We discussed the new threads for the blackout game against the Golden Domers and a renewed hope for the Cougar defense as they prepare for a huge game with the Irish. One-on-one with BYU defensive back Caleb Hayes. Caleb, you were uh, a big part of the uniform reveal for Notre Dame. You're in the ring, UFC. You're watching all of this happen. When did all of that begin? Like, when when did you guys shoot that and and the production begin? Uh, I want to say, whoa, it was like started fall camp. Yeah, yeah. So like the mid, no, it was like mid middle of fall camp. So yeah, middle of fall camp. Uh, you know, we get the calls and everything. Like, hey, you guys want to go to Vegas? You know, and I was like, Vegas? I'm like, <laughs> like, yeah, I want to go to Vegas. I was like, for what reason, though? They are like, okay, well, you know, this is what it is. It's the uniform reveal and everything like that. Uh, I know they did kind of something similar last year, but it wasn't a reveal. It was just like, you know, like a hype video of Las Vegas. But, uh, yeah, it was it was very fun, man. It was very fun just to be with the boys and, uh, you know, go on a little PV, a private jet. Uh, PJ, that's what it is, and uh, you know it's a uh, it was very exciting. Oh, that's the good life, man, for sure. And it's associated with a uniform combination that I I know obviously the players and your teammates are super excited about. The fans are ultra stoked about it. Now that you've uh, been thinking about it for a while and you've known for a while, what do you think about the uniform combination going up against Notre Dame? It's beautiful, you know. Uh, they're in all white, so we have to be in all black, you know, and it was, and you know, like I was kind of saying, like, you know, earlier is uh, I wanted, you know, the black uniforms and like, you know, I know the boys wanted it as well. Uh, I was kind of, like I said, upset when I came in and they was like, Oh, it's discontinued. And I'm like, I came to BYU for the black uniforms. <laughs> like, that was the only reason I came here. I'm just kidding. But uh, not nah, like, it was very excited when, uh, when they were uh, throwing out the uh, uniform ideas like for each game and everything like that, which was a majority of us voted on. So uh, it's uh, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be electric. What were the card tricks like in person? Like, was that legit? 
Yeah, yeah, it's legit. What? <laughs> it's legit. That's all magic, baby. Hey, I was surprised. You know, I, I never thought uh, magic was real time seeing it with my own eyes. <laughs> but uh, it was uh, yeah, Matt Vergo, He uh, that that's that's a guy now. That's a guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Very cool. Caleb Hayes is with us on BYU Sports Nation. As you prepare for Notre Dame, obviously that includes a little bit of looking back to your most recent game against Utah State. I know the film study has been intense and you had a few extra days for that. Where do you feel like BYU's defense needs to be even better having looked at that Utah State film to get ready for this, the clash in Las Vegas against Notre Dame? Oh, I guess, you know, uh, I guess you could say like the run defense is first, you know, uh, you know, that's been a thing where it's like, it's not that it's not, it, it's not a coaching scheme. It's not, uh, I don't think it, I, like, it's not the player. Like you feel me? It's, uh, I guess you could say it's all of us. And like, you know, just with, uh, understanding just fundamentally the football. So in a way it is like on us, and, you know, um, I think it's like the energy wise of, of, what's coming off from our players and everything like that, which is like, you know, that's um, our leaders are uh, us as leaders. That's our fault, you know, to uh, get things hyped up or where it is, you know, um, and like, you know, playing sound football, because we're very much capable and uh, very much capable of playing this game and very much capable of you know, stopping the run and, uh, you know, everything else was just, you know, uh, says by itself. So like you say, you look back at Baylor, you know, it's 2.9, uh, yard uh run rushing per yard and it's like you know uh we need to get back to that football because you know Notre Dame's gonna come out and they're gonna run the ball <laughs> like you know there ain't no there ain't no secret you know Notre Dame's gonna run the ball and uh you know I would too so you know we have to step up to the challenge and uh you know make uh make them do something that you know they don't want to do now you mentioned getting back to the fundamentals and certainly taking accountability for not having the energy that you guys wanted is, is part of this too. But how do you uh, go about that properly when, when you're talking about accountability and needing leaders to, to stand up so that you, you fix things and, and you get the attitude and the energy right? Like what has to happen so that you guys are in the right mind frame and you're sharp and you're, and you're not committing as many penalties and whatnot? That starts in practice and that starts in uh doing everything right with a hundred percent effort, you know, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to, uh, you're going to do things. You're going to be out of place, you know, but that's, you know, that's all is going to happen in practice. And like, you know, when we got to the games, you know, we're not trying to be, we're never going to be a hundred percent perfect. However, we want to at least want to play at least 90% uh, great football. So it was like, you know, just being able to just do the little things right, which is pursuit, wrapping up, uh, getting the calls, um, being able to uh, do your one eleven, you know, win your ones, so that somebody else could benefit from it, or even you could benefit from it. So you know, it starts, it starts, it started yesterday. You feel me? Or it started, you know, last week after uh, Utah State, where it's like, okay, well, we're not satisfied. So it's like, well, what else to do? We have to do more. We have to be better. We have to, you know, because nobody else cares on like. Uh, the excuses we want to have perfect execution in um our football play so you know it's a uh, things that we just got to just uh work on um day in and day out and you know we all had a little talk and like you know we uh 
trying to figure out some things and which is going to be solved this week. So uh, I expect, you know, this um, practice and these practices and this game, you know, uh, to show our, our true colors that we are um, start playing the BYU football that, you know, uh, we should have been playing since, you know, day one. Caleb, I know you're going to let your guys on the defensive line do their thing and figure out their own accountability, and you're going to handle your own thing with the pass defense. Notre Dame has an all-American caliber tight end, uh, highly rated guy. Their wide receivers are a little bit of a mystery. So what do you anticipate Notre Dame is going to try and do in the pass game specifically against BYU's secondary? Uh, I would say – 87 uh he's yeah he is a he is a guy uh i like his game and everything like that you know he could do it all um he could block he can uh <laughs> he he can run them good he can he has great hands great rap capabilities um i feel like we can't the moment we try to focus in and try to take away one dude they're going to share it to somebody else, you know, which, you know, that's just what it is. So, you know, for the back end and everything like that, you know, we just have to, like, like I said, win our ones and understand, like, you know, these guys are also D1 caliber dudes. You know, they uh, they practice like us. They uh, they do. They they practice. Uh, they do more. You feel me? As in. Uh, as in, like, you know, just training wise and all that, like, you know, they're they're just like us. So we have to, like, you know. Understand, like you know, we focus on one guy too much and be soft on the uh, outside edges and like you know perimeter, uh, which is those wide receivers. Uh, you know, they can arrive in such uh, such great extent, and we don't want to. We don't want that to happen. So, uh, you know, like just keep on. Like we just got to just keep on just playing ball. Keep on. Uh, in a way, just win all once, man. My, yeah, can, yeah, yeah. We. 87 is a good guy. I'm going to tell you this right now. He's great. He's great. However, we just got to just, you know, game plan around it and uh, don't sleep on those dudes outside because they can cause us damage. Notre Dame obviously comes with a ton of history and luster. In fact, when I say the name Notre Dame, what's the first thing that pops into your mind? Catholics. I'm like, uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> It, it pops like just a great school, you know, uh, historically it been a great program, you know, um, in football and, and other sports as well. So same as like BYU, you know, in a way, uh, like I'm a fan, you know, I say that a lot, but like, I'm truly, I'm a fan, you know, uh, talk to my boys and they're like, man, like, you know, it's a dream to be able to play such a historic team, like Notre Dame, like, you know, uh, they built so much uh, excitement for them and like, you know, just like just a lot of greatness comes out from that program. So, you know, being able to like say like, oh, yeah, I played Notre Dame. Like, you know, like, you'd be like OK, well, you might be a guy, too. You know, so, so you know, it's uh, it's great to play in school like that. Most definitely. What type of an atmosphere do you anticipate at Allegiant Stadium? Because it technically is a Notre Dame home game, even though it's a neutral site, part of their Shamrock series. So what type of a crowd and atmosphere are you expecting in Vegas? Just, just holy, just the trumpets are out. It's, it's, it's everything's going to be great. Uh, <laughs> no, but it's going to be loud and exciting. Uh, I know it's going to be a lot of emotion. Uh, 
just you know and it's at legion in vegas you feel me uh so it's gonna be a lot of just uh just fans you know hardcore fans as a matter of fact like because you know this is uh this is gonna be a history a historical game you know um that's how i feel and uh like the atmosphere is just gonna be just electric man uh it was like that in the first time we played um in the Legion last year, our first game versus Arizona, but I feel like it's gonna be ten times more, you know, uh, definitely because it is they Shamrock series, and you know they have um, something to prove on their end. So it's like, uh, you know, there's gonna be two great teams playing it out and battling it out, and like you know whoever gets the dub, you know that's a it's gonna be great for both uh, schools, bro. Caleb, we'll finish with this huge national audience on NBC, part of you know historic Notre Dame football coverage. But BYU is the ranked team, number 16, yet the Cougars are a three-point underdog, according to our friends in Vegas. What do you think about the idea of BYU being an underdog going into the Notre Dame game uh, as the number 16 ranked team in the country? Uh, you know, I don't really – me personally, I don't know how everybody else feels, and I'm just speak uh, truly about this topic and everything like that. Uh, I don't really care – about um rankings i don't care about uh statistics um because it's it's false you know it's a false narrative um it doesn't matter uh you got like you know i'm not really uh analytic you know however i play football and as long as i been playing football uh, I know there's a lot of things that can happen. You know, there's a lot of upsets. There's a lot of um, um, guys that's not supposed to be able to make plays, but make them. You know, there's like there's certain little things in within this game, like you just don't know. Uh, so, you know, I didn't even know that we was three points uh, underdogs, and like you know, I just heard the news that we just gave up 16. But you know, uh, things can change within uh, within a week. It's a long season. So it doesn't really matter uh, for that because that's just that's poison, you know. That's all. That's all the hype. That's all like you know, try to bring us up. Now, um, do we want to prove people wrong? Of course, you know. That's always that's always been a thing. But you know, like we've been in this situation before, and I think we've been in this situation uh, throughout this whole season. Uh, so it's like you know, it's just it's us against the world at this point, you know, it doesn't mm-hmm. really matter. <laughs> uh, and that's just how it's going to be, you know, cause at the end of the day, you know, it's me, my teammates, uh, my family, our families, you know, we're all going to be in this together. We're going to, uh, we're going to persevere, uh, through this, uh, through this game and throughout the season, man. Caleb, I know you've been talking about it's going to be a movie, and it, it it has felt in a lot of instances like a movie this season. Can't wait for the next scene. And uh, by the way, you answered my Matt Franco question with the card tricks. I'm I'm gathering you got a few tricks up your sleeve in Vegas too, and I can't I can't wait to watch you play, man. Oh yeah, most definitely, man. Hey, like I'm gonna say again, it's gonna be a movie. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Caleb. Thank y'all. Uh, he's a fantastic personality, Jeremy. And just maybe BYU takes a calculated risk to play more man coverage with Caleb Hayes and his defensive back teammates to free up the Cougars for an added defender in the box. 
in an attempt to bolster that run defense. So maybe Caleb will play a feature role here, um, allowing BYU to, to try and help that beleaguered run defense. 7.4 yards per attempt in terms of pushing it down the field, the 74th in the country. So they haven't been that explosive, Notre Dame that is. And then on offense, or defensively, the rush defense of BYU actually ranked higher in yards per carry allowed than Notre Dame. So I think we've added like Notre Dame shut everybody down on the run. They have not. Uh, but who's BYU's RB1? And is it Chris Brooks? Is it Miles Davis? Is Lopini Katoa going to get some run? But BYU doesn't have an identity quite there and, and has struggled in the second quarter. So we'll see what happens, man. But certainly BYU's got to uh, make it happen. This, this will be a grinder. Like, just win the game. I don't care about style points in this one. Yeah, Kalani Satake talked about some of those elements, and you can watch BYU football with Kalani Satake on demand at BYUSN.com and on the BYU TV app as the coach discusses a huge matchup with the Irish in Vegas. And ESPN's Todd McShay has which BYU player as the best at his position in the country? And it's not Ryan Rico. This is BYU Sports Nation from Vegas in Provo. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This is BYU Sports Nation. To interact with the show and get great content throughout the day, you can follow us on the social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. He is Spencer from Vegas. I am Jeremy Provo. Let's whip it. Good Whip Rounds presented by Marisk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. How about this, Jerem? ESPN's Todd McShay now has Mason Wake as his top fullback slash H-back in his NFL draft projections. So thinking of Mason at the top of his position, does that elevate Wake ahead of one Ryan Rico as the best player at his position on this BYU football team? Ryan Rico was the last two years, but not this year. Uh, 42.7 is a grade, along a 49, four inside the 20, only one of 50-plus. Yeah, he struggled. He's not been uh, the best there. Mason at that being ranked at that position. That's interesting because yeah, Jaron Hall or Blake Freeland or Clark Barrington are top seven in terms of NFL prospects from Kuiper. So perhaps he is. I'm not sure how to rank all the H-backs in the country. Yeah, this is interesting because I, I didn't have Mason Wake on my radar <laughs> until this as a legitimate NFL draft prospect like could Mason Wake get drafted along with the likes of Barrington and Freeland and Jaron Hall and maybe Isaac Rex like this is good news for BYU more elite level talent yeah probably not you can get an undrafted free agent there but uh we'll see in his weekly press conference Notre Dame head coach Marcus Freeman predictably said this about the BYU team you only got to watch a lot of the film to realize the challenge we have this is a talented football team that's four and one um Plays extremely hard. They're a veteran football team, and, and not just with age, but with experience of playing the game. And uh, we got we got our work cut out for us. Just speed bumped right over that one. Uh, is this a compliment or just the same old BYU is old? I think this is a compliment, and, and I got to give Marcus Freeman some credit because he didn't say you know return missionaries, bunch of old men like. He left out those buzzwords that BYU yeah. fans hate. So I like this as a compliment. I credit Marcus Freeman for not going down that road. He didn't say mature, so we're good. <laughs> Fair enough. 
Eric Mika scored 18 points for, or sorry, 14 points for the G League Ignites in a 122-115 win over the Metropolitans 92, a French team. The Met 92 team features the expected top pick in the 2023 NBA draft. His name is Victor Wenbanyama. Which leads me to this question. Bigger story, Eric Mika scoring 14 against the 18-year-old French phenom Wen Banyama, or Mika giving up 37 points to Victor? He didn't give up all 37. Plus, how's he supposed to guard him? What, Eric's what, 6'9"? Uh, this dude's 6'7'3", seven, three, made seven threes. Like, he's going to draw you out like that? That's crazy. By the way, no NBA, well, only one NBA game ever has featured a player have seven threes and five blocks. So if Wen Banyama does that in a game, that's crazy. He's he's an improved Chet Holmgren? Question mark. Yeah, well he's in a, he's compared to he's Kevin Durant but three inches taller. It's unbelievable. Not that same shot, but okay. Will Brecken Mozingo score tonight in BYU's match against San Francisco, and why will it be outside the 18? <laughs> yes, she will score. She's got the BYU Sports Nation karma from coming in Studio B. And it'll probably be outside the 18 because five of her six goals have come from outside the 18. It's what she does, Jerem. Brecken Mazingo scores from distance. She's the Steph Curry of BYU women's soccer. I love it. I go no goals for her tonight, but two assists, like against Utah. Oh, okay, okay. Hey, apparently chess has become the BYU basketball board game of choice. It gets very intense, we're hearing. And according to this post from Mark Pope, he needed some help. Said, quote, I'm playing Trevin now. Second straight day we've had to postpone. I'm the clear pieces. His bishop is poised to take my queen. My move. Suggestions? Is enlisting Twitter help for a chess game cheating, Jerem? I would say probably. By the way, this chessboard was given to him from the team at the practice we showed on BYU TV. And it's got some of the words that are important to the program on it, which is pretty cool. So... I'm going to go yes, but Trevin has the same advantage, so maybe it's not cheating. He could summon the same thing. Uh, yes, this is cheating. You can't ask for Twitter help in the one-on-one game of chess. Come on, coach. Creative win. Hey, tune in Friday 9 Eastern for a special BYU Sports Nation Fan Fest broadcast. Join myself, Riley Nelson, and some elite guests. We'll broadcast live from the Vegas Fan Fest and get ready for the showdown with Notre Dame. Friday, 9 Eastern, 7 Mountain on BYU TV and BYU Radio. On deck, Deep Blue features Lungi Tuifua, why he stepped away from football and why he loves himself a title of liberty. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation, live from Studio B in Provo and Las Vegas, Nevada. BYU-Notre Dame coming up Saturday. Malangi Tuifua was an up-and-coming defensive lineman in 2018 when a sudden injury changed his life path, resulting in new opportunities. This is Deep Blue. At an early age, being able to go out onto the field and being able to have that emotional outpour onto these other players it really helped me as a kid, and that's kind of the moment I knew that I love football. He started at such a young age. He also admired dad in that dad had a football career. My dad was really good at football. If I was going to get advice from anyone, it was probably going to be from him, and football was the main thing that we connected through. I think it made him happy 
because it made Dad happy to see him play. Playing football, I always expected him to be the best. So, and and for him, he would he took over that, and I was hoping that he can continue that and then go to a good college, getting education, and maybe getting into the the league. Coming to BYU was really exciting. It was exciting to be able to compete against all these names that I knew, and when I got there, I felt like I could do it. Well, from a very early age, these individuals, these student athletes, are under a tremendous amount of pressure to perform and to be what they want to be and what everyone else wants them to be. I came in my first day knocking heads with all the other players and, and kind of moving up in the depth chart. When he got here, just the, the story changed. Football, in the way that we had all envisioned it for him at BYU, didn't work out. We're, we're ramping up to our, our first game. We're practicing hard, and I, I go in, and me and one of my uh, teammates, we make contact. My neck goes into a weird position. Came down, and then he was on his back, and he was on his back for a while. And I just get this entire numbness go down my, my left arm. I didn't recognize at the time that his injury was as bad as it was. And this just kills me that he, he didn't let people know how bad he was injured. Because I had proven to these players and to these coaches that, that I am capable of playing on this team. Athletes are in many ways taught to do that because then you don't play. So what do you do? You pretend like you're fine and you keep playing and it keeps getting worse. We talked to doctors and therapists and uh, we got an MRI and the MRI showed that I had a herniated disc in my neck. He decided to go and go and get it fixed, but when he got it fixed, thought that he would be back. We had a place for him, was excited for him to come back. He was getting bigger, he was getting stronger. It fixed all the problems that I was having with stingers and everything, but just having the soreness of the surgery and numbness that comes with it and being trying to come back from that was, was too much for me to handle. He told me that I think it's time for me to hang it up. I might get paralyzed, that's what he was saying. That was the start of what I thought to be one of the worst times in my life. As an athlete experiences injury, whether that's a season-ending injury, a career-ending injury, like Longi experienced, it, it really attacks that identity. It attacks who they think they are, how they spend their time, their social group, and even the family identity. You know, nine years old, 10 years old, you know, he was playing all these years, and then, and that was hard. It was hard for me, and it's hard for him. He lost his teammates, and now he was in a fumble of not really being happy with his chosen career path. Lungi understood that it wasn't just the, the physical recovery that would have to happen from his injury, but that there was gonna be a, a pretty onerous mental process and psychological process involved with that. Going through such hard times, it was really nice to have 
the resources of, of mental health help at just at my fingertips at BYU and being able to lean on that for whatever problems I was going through. Here I am at BYU. I have three years left, um, and I'm kind of not liking my major so far. Of course, it was very surprising when Longy became brave enough <laughs> to tell us his choice of switching from his major. You sat me down. I was wondering, you know, why, why, did he, why did he, does he want to go to lunch? You know, he, he was saying, uh, Dad, you know, uh, I just want to let you know that I'm changing my major from computer science to theater. The musical that I watched was called Wonderland. And I, I was sitting in the back seat, and I remember just like watching it and hearing these people who are my age sing and act. And I was like, these guys are ridiculously good. I'm like, wait a minute. Maybe this could be like someone like me. Like maybe I could be up there one day. I know my initial jerk reaction was probably not as supportive as it should have been. And I was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> Acting is... It, it's hard to actually be successful, but it turns out that it was something he was supposed to do. After that, I just kept acting, and I just kept at it, keep, kept working my craft and doing the plays at BYU and trying to, to hone those skills. Eventually, one day, just out of the blue, casting director for Book of Mormon, she's like, hey, uh, we're looking at you for the role of uh, Captain Moroni. Is that something you're interested in? And I'm like... Am I? We're in the film business. We didn't know his athletic life had fallen apart. We didn't even know Longy, honestly. Longy walks in the room and he's already fit. I mean, he's, he's a football player. He's ready to walk into this role. And it was so great to, to meet him and then say, okay, we found our guy. It's fun to watch his growth and development and his journey. I love being a part of it. Sometimes you gotta let the kids choose. You know, I'm not in control of their lives. You know, they have their own life. And, you know, I don't want to overwhelm whatever it is that I wanted them to do. Longy obviously was a fantastic football player. And sometimes life throws you some curveballs. And if we can be resilient through that change and that transition, we typically find that we're going to land on our feet and we're going to be maybe even more than fine on that other end. You don't realize what other gifts you have. I could see as soon as I started working with him that he had a gift from God to be an actor. We get no more reward out of the guys that go on and become all pros in the NFL than we do the guys that are moving on and becoming successful fathers and, and career men in other fields besides football. This profession of coaching really is about matriculating players to the next phase of their life. I'm not special. My challenge is just have been more public than others, and everyone has their own challenges. And my story, I hope that people just understand that, that God puts you through these challenges to make you a stronger and more knowledgeable person. The Captain Moroni videos from the church haven't come out yet, but when they do, look out for Longy as your guy waving that uh, title of liberty. Okay, coming up tonight, BYU Women's Soccer taking on San Francisco on BYU TV and the BYU Radio app in Women's Soccer, 9 Eastern time. And after the break, a shout-out to a shot taker 
and Bucket Maker, plus an update from practice on Zach Wilson. Little minor injury there. This is BYU Sports Nation. Spencer, where you at? BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. BYU Sports Station is on demand. Download the BYU TV and BYU Radio apps today or download the podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Please subscribe, rate, and review. Andy Vasquez of the Star-Ledger in New Jersey reports Zach Wilson not out in practice, currently working with quarterback Sala, said Wilson would be limited today with a minor ankle injury. Hopefully Zach Wilson is okay. Our question of the day, what's the toughest game left on the schedule? Our elite voice of the day is presented by PAX. Healthcare Elevated, James C. on Instagram. Notre Dame! For show, Arkansas will be overwhelmed in the mountains of Provo, Utah. LES is tough on the southern boys who don't leave town much. The SEC does not travel west like that very often, so he's not wrong, uh, and we agree that it is indeed Notre Dame. Today's Rise to Chatta is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. It goes to Jackson Garrick. He and his family moved from Spokane to Utah so he could fulfill his dream of being on the BYU Special Olympics team. He has cerebral palsy. He's 18. Big basketball fan, very skilled in Texas, three-time gold medalist with his Special Olympics team. He considers himself a three-point specialist, and as you can see on this repeated video, boom goes the dynamite from practice yesterday. Jason Shepard actually hooked this up because Jackson is his neighbor. Yes. So awesome to have Jackson at practice, a dude that gets buckets. They actually handed him a ball at the free throw line, Spence, and he refused to shoot that. He scooted back to the three-point line. <laughs> he makes threes. He's an assassin there, Jerem. I love it, and I love that Jason Shepard was involved in this. Well done to all. That's awesome. Jackson, you're our guy, man. Our thanks to today's guest, Caleb Hayes. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok, and Facebook, and every other social media platform. To get all your BYU sports content, you can simply go to BYUSN.com. Sorry to Dennis. We ran out of time. For Spencer, I'm Jerem. Shout out to Spencer Hadley. See you tonight for women's soccer against San Francisco 9 Eastern. Go Cougs from Vegas in Provo. You're unique. 